We are starting a brand new sermon series called Text Message. It's all about God's message to us through text, a.k.a. the Bible. So in the spirit of text messages, I'd like to invite you to take out your cell phone. Yes. Do you not have one? Yes. Let's hope this works. back there. (laughs) All right, here's how this works. We are going to take a poll. Today's topic is what does biblical inspiration mean? All right, and the way this works is you need to send a text message to the number 22333, okay? So in the, the two, right, two, two, three, 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 all right? And then if you think the answer is God wrote the Bible through human authors, sorry, I got cut off, too much text, um, the message of the text should say 6427, that's it. So in other words, if you think the answer is number one, your text message would be 6427, and you would send that message to 2232, I mean 22333. I'm, I have good eyes. I haven't had enough coffee yet. I'm sorry. All right. If you think the answer is the Bible inspires us to live differently, you, the body of your text would be 46534. If you think it's when we read the Bible, God blesses us, 6518. And if you think it's we should inspire others to read the Bible, you should have 46558 as your what did it say okay perfect Does anyone not have a cell phone that would like to partake in it? And by the way, I've set it up so that you can vote more than once. But um, like that doesn't mean you should vote more than once. It means like if you have somebody around you that doesn't have a cell phone that wants to do it, you can pass it off. About half of you are saying that it means that God wrote the Bible through human authors. 25% of you are saying that the Bible inspires us to live differently. 16% are saying we should inspire others to read the Bible. And about 8% of you think it's when we read the Bible, God blesses us. Is it switching places? I thought the one. Yeah, I think it's, it's putting the, the most popular answer up on top and then going down. That's cool. All right. Anyway, um, I thank you all for voting. Um, drum roll, please. Do the. You can just set it down. As of this point, 48% of you are correct. Inspiration, when it, when it comes to the Bible, means that God wrote the Bible through human authors. And all of a sudden we see that one jumping up because everybody's <laughs> cheating. <laughs> That's totally cool. Um, I want to give you a quick definition. Um, Bob, you can switch back over to the PowerPoint. Um, 
of what inspiration, a technical definition. I'm not expecting you to know this. I just think this helps a little bit to understand um, what the the definition is. Um, Inspiration is the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit by which he superintended the writing process of Scripture so that all the words and every part of the original writings were at the same time words of the human writers and the very words of God. Anybody get that? Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's, there we go. It's up on there. Um, again, that's just kind of a quick definition. We're going to break this apart and understand it a little bit more as we go. The truth is, though, this is a really tough doctrine. And it was something that I spent many hours this week just studying and researching and trying to figure out because this doctrine contains the combination of natural through the human authors, and the supernatural through God writing. And I think any time you have the natural and the supernatural working together, it's really confusing. Take, for instance, Jesus being both God and man, right? I think that's one of those doctrines where like, okay, Jesus is both God and man, that's cool. But then you start to think about it, and you're like, that, that's mind-blowing. Like, how can Jesus be 100% God and 100% man? In Christian circles, we like to call that a paradox. In other words, it's, it's a seemingly contradictory statement that we believe to be true. And I think this doctrine of inspiration is similarly a paradox. This idea that every single word of the Bible was written by God, and yet at the same time, every single word of the Bible was written by man. And that, that can be really confusing. And I think part of the reason it's confusing is because as human beings, we are natural. That's all we got, natural. And this document contains, or this doctrine contains stuff that is supernatural. And supernatural is by definition above us. And I think that this side of heaven will never be able to fully wrap our minds around those doctrines that contain these two. Like, why is the Bible written by both God and man? How can Jesus be both fully man and fully God? How can God be three in one? Like, if you really get down to it, we're never going to completely understand and grasp these concepts. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. And I think we must come to the realization that the best chance we have for understanding these doctrines is by studying what God has revealed to us in his word. And although I don't think he's given us all the details to be, for us to be able to completely understand inspiration, I believe he has given us just enough that we can trust that inspiration is true, that God did in fact write the Bible through human authors. And that we can put our faith in that, do- that doctrine. There are two main passages of Scripture from the Bible that clearly show us how the process of inspiration works. The first one is 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17, which states, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. 
And I love the way that Paul writes this, all scripture is God-breathed. Because it talks about scripture originating in the breath of God. And the imagery here is very similar to Genesis chapter 2. When God stoops down in Genesis 2 and he takes some dust and he creates man, Adam. And then he stoops down and breathes life into it. And it's that same picture in 2 Timothy 3.16 where God is breathing life into the scriptures. The key here, though, to avoid misinterpretation is that in 2 Timothy, the breathing is not referring to a breathing into, but a breathing out. In other words, God is not merely breathing into something that was already written and blessing it and say, yeah, this is good, I'm going to bless this. But his breathing out is giving the source of the very text. So the emphasis is on the source of the breath, not its destination. So here we see in this passage that Scripture originates from the breath of God. The other passage is 2 Timothy 1, verses 20 through 21, which states, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The general idea of this passage is that the authors aren't making this stuff up, right? They aren't just making up stories and writing it down. But they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. To illustrate what this passage means by carried along, I'd like to invite the children to come forward for the children's message. All right. When you guys come, if you could come up and stand on this side of the table, just be kind of careful of the cross because there's a, um, a piece of cloth down there. So if you guys come over here. All right. How many of you guys have ever been in a sailboat? Have you, any of you ever gone for a sailboat ride? No? I've only gone once, and I was probably Ben's age. Um, my grandpa used to have a sailboat, and it was a lot of fun. Um, how does a sailboat work? Do you guys know? What do you think, Ben? Um, like there's a sail, and then the wind pushes the sail. Yeah. Yeah, the sail collects the wind, right? And it propels the boat along. My original plan was to actually have a thing of water up here with a canal and have a sailboat and illustrate this, but instead, Brandon was smarter and said, let's make a car with a sail on it. So we have a sail car. Um, And imagine for a second that the sailboat is like the authors of Scripture. And this, the wind is like the Holy Spirit, all right? Ben, can you stand over here and just catch the car and make sure that it doesn't fall off? Thanks. This is kind of how this idea works in 2 Peter 1, verse 20. Thanks. All right. It's that idea that the Holy Spirit came and, and filled the writers of the gospel, not just the gospel, the entire Bible, with himself and was the power behind the writings. Um, So, all right, that was my little example for you guys today. Thanks for coming up and for seeing this. You guys can have a seat.
So, again, the authors were like the boat, and God was like the wind behind the sails, giving the power behind them. And the human writers were the agents that God used to delay his divine message in human terms. And I think this is, like I said, where it gets really sticky. Because here at Freedens, we believe that the authors were not just mindless scribes who just wrote down what the Spirit, Holy Spirit dictated. There are points, parts in Scripture where God did dictate and said straight up, write this down, and the writers wrote it down. But we believe that the Holy Spirit, not the Holy Spirit, the authors, the human authors' um, personalities and their writing style comes through and they wrote words that they would have chosen. And we also, not only do we believe that the Holy Spirit didn't just dictate, we also believe that the Holy Spirit didn't just give the authors an inspiration and then they wrote about their feelings. We believe that every single word that the authors wrote was inspired by God. Instead, God supervised the writings, but not in a way as to override the humanity of individuals. And similar to the argument of sovereignty and free will, the two are working together, right? When it comes to salvation, we as Christians believe that God is completely sovereign. And the Bible straight up says that God chooses people to believe in him. But at the same time, the Bible talks about us having free will and us having the ability to choose God on our own free will and volition. And I don't know about you, but I, I've thought hours and hours on how that works, and I still can't get it. But we know that the Bible teaches it to be true. And I think it's the same way of the Bible. That God was completely involved in it, and every word in the Bible is inspired by God, and yet at the same time, every word is the author's own word. And it's that paradox again. And I think a part of the reason why it's the process of how this took about isn't so clear is because I think the process was different for each author. And even the process was different for authors writing different things. Take, for instance, um, the Apostle John who wrote five books of the New Testament. He wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote three letters, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And he also wrote the book of Revelation. And we, we can see that his method of writing each book was different. Take, for instance, the Gospel of John, right? Much of one into the writing of John's Gospel was first-hand experience, right? He spent three years of his life following Jesus around, learning from him. He witnessed the transfiguration of Jesus. He saw Jesus die, and he saw Jesus rise again. A lot of what was written in the Gospel of John, John saw firsthand through experience. Now look at the book of Revelation. John tells us that God gave him a vision of what he was to write down, and he, that God actually gave him a vision of what heaven was like. And God gave him a vision of what the end times would be like. And John was writing down what he saw in that vision as the Holy Spirit guided his thoughts and made sure that what he wrote down was accurate. 
but also in the book of Revelation, there are times um, in the first couple chapters when um, after seeing this vision, John is writing warnings to the churches um, that were there at the time. And if you read in Revelation, Jesus actually says, John, write this down. This is the message that I want to the church in Ephesus or Smyrna or Thyatira. These are the, the actual message. So here, with one author, we see at least three different modes of inspiration. And I think that's why it's so difficult to understand because I believe that the process was probably very different for each one of the authors. But what's amazing about that is even though the Bible was written over a period of, I believe, 3,000 years, through many different authors from all different areas of life, and they all had different experiences that led to them writing it, it's all inspired and it's all without contradiction and it's all true. And it fits together to form one cohesive story. That's amazing. Um, And I think that the way that God, the Holy Spirit was involved in the process um, was really neat because I think not only was the Holy Spirit involved during the time of the writing, I think the Holy Spirit was involved in the life of the authors before they started writing, preparing them as they're growing along. And I think really all of the authors of all the books of the Bible had a strong relationship with God. They knew God well. They knew him intimately. And they studied his word, most of them from the time they were small children. They knew God very well. And I believe God used that time in their lives to prepare them for the writing of Scripture. And during the time of writing, too, the Holy Spirit gave the authors information that they they could not know. I mean, take, for instance, Isaiah, writing that the Savior would be beaten and would be crucified. How would he know that? There There are other, you know, prophets that wrote that the Savior would be born in Bethlehem to a virgin. I mean, that's not something you can just predict without some supernatural knowledge. And so here we see that the Holy Spirit, as part of the process, is guiding the disciples, the authors, through um, just guiding their thoughts and giving them stuff that they could not possibly know. But really, I think that both the human authors and the Holy Spirit are necessary elements as they write the Bible. And I think this is where it starts to apply to us because it gives the Bible, and more specifically, the fact that it was inspired by God, meaning to us. And I think the first thing that um, inspiration has meaning to us and that it gives the Bible authority, right? Because God wrote the Bible, the Bible has the same authority as God himself. In other words, to disobey the Bible is to disobey God. We need to view the Bible not as one of many authorities that is on equal plane like our parents, like our boss, the culture around us, or even our feelings. But we need to view the Bible as the authority by which we live by and based on interactions with the other authorities in our life. When our culture tells us to do something or when our culture says that something is right, that the Bible clearly says is wrong, we follow the Bible. 
When our boss wants us to do something that contradicts the Bible, we follow the Bible. When we read something in the Bible that seems tough to swallow and something we don't understand or we don't feel like doing, we need to wrestle with those things and strive to understand them. But ultimately, we must submit to the text because we know that it has the authority of God. When the Bible tells us there, there is something in our life that caused Jesus to go on the cross, we need to find some accountability and work to remove that from our lives. And when the Bible tells us to do something, we do it. The Bible is the ultimate authority and needs to continue being the foundation of who we are as individuals and who we are as a congregation. Secondly, inspiration is important to us today because it makes the Bible reliable. Because of the fact that God wrote the Bible, it carries some of God's characteristics. And God has infinite knowledge and he is omniscient. This means that everything that there is to know, God knows perfectly and intimately. He also cannot lie. So this means that everything that he wrote in the Bible is 100% true and without error. So we can trust it completely. And not only is the Bible without error in all that it claims, I believe when God wrote the Bible, he wrote it in such a way so that we see the side of the story that he wants us to know so that we can understand his plan for redemption. And I think this is why the human authorship is so important. Why God didn't just write it on a rock somewhere and have us find it. But he had human authors write it down. And I think the fact that humans, just like us, who share our forms of communication, who share the same struggles that we go with, that have our emotions and our capacity for relationships, this stuff makes it possible for us to understand what's in the Bible and to relate to it. We can see the examples of the human authors in their lives of complete surrender to God and see all the stuff that they had to go through in their lives. And that they found hope among their struggles and among their conflicts. And they found those answers in God and what he had to offer them. And we can read their stories about what got them through and how they praised God when everything was going right. We can see that and we can find answers in the Bible to help us. And we can know how to respond when we face trials and joy in our lives. The Bible is really all about God's story. Inspiration is really a work of the Holy Spirit. And it tells us God's story in the Bible. In the first couple pages of the Bible, we learn how God made the entire world. About how he created mankind and desires to have a relationship with us. And then in Genesis 3, we chose to follow ourselves and disobey God and to break that relationship with our sin. And we read about in the Old Testament how Israel tried to cover up their sin by good, seed, good deeds and that it didn't work. And ultimately, that God sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin so that we 
could have a relationship with him and that everyone who trusts in Christ Jesus alone can have life. And that the life that God offers through the gospel starts now and lasts forever. And God wrote the Bible because that's the story that he wants us to know. That gospel message that Jesus died so that we could have a relationship with God is the center of the, of the Bible. And God gave us the Bible so that we could know him and we could put our trust in Jesus. And that the gospel wouldn't just be the center of the Bible, but, it, but so that it could be the center of our lives. So my encouragement for you today is to understand the authority, the reliability, and the relatability of the Bible. And that you would read it, that you would love reading, and that you would spend time in it so that it can influence your life. And that your life can be centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you love us so much. Lord, and we thank you that your inspired, true word gives us confidence that there is a God out there who loves us and who wants to communicate truth to us. Father, I pray that we would put our trust in it, that we would not just say, yeah, we believe the Bible, but that our actions would show that we believe the Bible to be the ultimate authority and that our lives would reflect a faithful and accurate reading of it on a regular basis and that we would use your story of redemption found in the gospel to live differently and influence the world around us to live differently. Amen. You stood before